Are you struggling to believe that there is a purpose for your life? That after all you've been through, seen or done, that there's a chance you'll ever find peace and wholeness again? Welcome to Love and Be Loved. This podcast explores what matters to us the most. Overcoming adversity, success stories on relationships with God, ourselves, and others. Now here is your host, Lena Sibula. I'm so glad for you to listen in today. Honestly, this is perfect time for this amazing message, especially we're coming to Christmas holidays and it's very important to talk about mental health and addiction. And today I have this person, really, really good man, sharing his heart, sharing his story of lifelong alcohol addiction and what is his mission today to serve men. My guest is Bradley Wendling. He is Change Through Pain men's coach. He utilizes a professional coaching application that offers science-based exercises to address mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, relational, and financial health. His strength includes devotion, intuitive listening, discernment, a calm and comfortable demeanor, and clear and strong communication. He is fantastic. Honestly, guys, I was so excited to have this conversation. And he's such a good and humble man who make a difference in people's lives. And I do believe that God allowed us to go through hardships so we can be more kind, more compassionate, and more understanding for others. And that's what Bradley doing today. He serves people. So please listen and share this message with someone who you think need to hear this message of overcoming hope, service, passion, and compassion. Welcome, Bradley, to Love and Beloved Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm so grateful that you have agreed to share your story and expertise with our audience. And I know that people will greatly benefit and will be encouraged by our discussion. And honestly, guys, it's been long in the making. We met quite a while ago, but I do believe in divine timing and i'm so grateful that we are here together and honestly guys like get ready it's gonna be a very very awesome conversation so first of all uh, bradley tell us a little bit about yourself and where your journey began all right well again thank you so much it has been quite a journey this year it's hard to believe that uh, the year is coming to a close. It's almost Christmas, and just we were just chatting earlier about all the things that have occurred this year and the things that you learned through your own journey and, and, and the healing journey and what brought you to this point and the things that you rely upon each day to keep you moving forward. And so that's that's really, that sums up where I am now. And And so if I take myself, I take us back to where my journey began and why I created Change Through Pain, which I'm wearing my brand new hoodie here, which is still, it's, it's pretty cool. It's red, white, and blue. It matches the background. And if I take us back, it all started when I decided to get sober from alcohol. And 
alcohol has been something that I have battled my entire life. I started drinking when I was about 10 years old and I got, I took that first drink and I never looked back. And obviously I didn't know at that time growing up that I was an alcoholic and that it was affecting me in many different ways and my emotional growth, my emotional maturity growth and, and, you know, all those things, relationships and learning and discovering who I am. And so when I decided to get sober, I was in a very dark place in my life. And a lot of people would say that it, it was my rock bottom because financially, yeah, spiritually, uh, relationally, uh, I was just broken. And I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing, where I was, and I felt lost. And I decided to eliminate alcohol because that was a big distraction. And it was something that I'd never gone without before. And so when I did that, I was like, whoa, what do I do now? What do I replace this with? Because I would end my day after work and I would immediately start drinking and I would drink until I went to bed. And that's where I was at that point in my life. This was back on January 1st, 2019, when I became sober. It'd be four years uh, on January 1st of 2023. So four-year journey. And so I just had to figure out what was going on with myself, who I was, what I wanted, my core values, et cetera, and what I would no longer allow in my life. And so that's where I took that journey. I actually joined a program uh, it was about two blocks away at a local church called Celebrate Recovery. And it's a wonderful national program. It's at least national here in the United States. I'm not sure if it's in other countries. But you, let me just describe it for you. So I'm in this deep, dark place. I'm unsure. My, my ex-fiance had just moved out. Uh, I didn't have a wonderful relationship with my sons at, at that moment. And I decided to just hop in the truck. I drove over there and I walk in and I was immediately greeted with the most warm, friendly, inviting welcome that you could imagine. And this guy did not know me. Uh, he didn't know my story. He, there was no judgment. There was nothing. And he immediately showed me around. And I walk into this room where they were having like a potluck. They would feed everybody before the, the activity. And I sat down with the in the only open chair and immediately I was connected to the gentleman next to me and we just started chatting and we decided to exchange numbers. And ever since then, uh, we have stayed in touch. Uh, he was also going through a similar journey and it was because of him, in addition to many other things, but it was because of people who just cared. Right. And they knew that they had their story and they knew that I had my story and there was no judgment. And we're all just here, just trying to figure this life out, right? This, this game of life. And it was in that moment that I realized that I needed others and I needed to also give back to, to others. And that was something that, that I discovered because I, I felt like I was being a little bit selfish uh, with my alcoholism and, not doing the things that I used to do uh, in my life. And so I, about three months later, it was July 3rd, 2019, I started Change Through Pain. 
and I didn't know what it was going to be. And I recorded the first podcast and then I created the website and I started all the social media and I just started recording my journey, my healing journey. And if you listen to my podcast, which is 103 episodes now, um, all of them except two are solo, believe it or not. It's just me uh, and sharing my journey. And I've had uh, I've had a lot of great feedback from folks who could relate and I've made some friendships from my listeners and I've even they've even invited me to coffee to have lunch, etc. because they could resonate with it because I was being so raw and honest. And as a man in my 40s, I'll be well, I just turned 46 as a man in my mid 40s. They were just really touched that I was willing and able to be that vulnerable and over the next few years, as I continued the, the progress in the, in the Change Through Pain journey, I noticed that my audience was growing primarily men. Uh, it's right now, it's about 80, 20, 80% men and 20% women based off of all the, you know, the, the anal analytics and social media and my website. And so I decided in uh, December of last year, I decided to join a men's coaching program to actually become a full-time coach. So I've been going through that journey this year. And let me just let me just take take a little dive into that. So it it was based out of Australia. And Australia is like right now, it's it's like the next day, right? And so I was on their time. And so this entire year I've been waking up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m to attend calls to go through the program. And I've done that consistently. And now I'm just like a total like night owl. He's like, I'm up all the time and, and, and it's pretty crazy. But the point is, is that I was so devoted to my mission of deciding to coach men and empower men to have confidence and be disciplined and live on purpose with passion. That's my mission statement. And so I decided I was going to do anything in my power to give other men the opportunity to lead by example. I have two sons. One is uh, 17 and the other is 20. And I have actually been taking them through the program. And after that entire experience this past year, I decided to create a specific program for men who could hop on their phone, download this smartphone app, and actually go through 28 exercises uh, that would get them to where I am today. And the reason that it's so powerful is that I didn't know what to do, where to go, who to ask. There, there wasn't much out there. There's more now, but I have not found anything quite like what I have put together in this app. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. It launched recently, and I right now actually have uh, 50 openings that I will allow any man to access it for free, um, no strings attached, and, and I'm just simply asking for a donation uh, of any amount. And so how could you pass that up, right? I've got about 14 uh, men in it right now, including my sons uh, that are going through it, and it touches upon so many different things. Um, when I, when I go through it on my, uh, on my own, I'm reminded 
of my journey and why these exercises and activities were so powerful. And there's a lot of motivation, inspiration uh, throughout. And then I'm accessible uh, for one-on-one coaching if you want to go that route. And that would be a cost associated. But if you wanted to do that, then I'm more than welcome, uh, more than happy to dive in uh, and take you on that journey to help you dive deep, to help you discover who you are, your core values, your mission statement, uh, create a self-image, and then actually create discipline to apply these tools to your life, to create the life that you desire and become the best version of yourself. So that's me. That's 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 the journey. That's where I got. There's a lot of in-betweens there, but that, I think that gives you a good perspective of, of where I've come. That's amazing. First of all, congratulations. Because no matter what we're going through, we always have a choice to become a victim or victor. And now I heard that phrase, your mess becoming your message, and you are living it. And honestly, I'm 100% understand you. I'm trying to like unpack everything that you said. And I (laughs) want to dive deep like one by one because I literally, I want to talk about this app and your journey, but... I want to go back a little bit and um, share what actually happened in my mind while you were talking about your childhood. And uh, I became an alcoholic in 13. So I totally can relate when it was just a coping mechanism for me. But I usually share my story, but I don't know how often I was mentioned the fact that my dad was alcoholic you know, like, mm-hmm. and my environment was like this. So today I actually want to concentrate on men because you're talking about empowering men. And now uh, there, of course, we'll talk how other people can support men. But the fact that uh, I couldn't understand why he's doing it, what kind of men are you to be like this? And like my perspective as like from outside and knowing how hard it is like for people around to live with someone who um who is addicted. And then when I became a parent and I look back and I actually now finally understand nobody starts drinking just because they want to be drunk. You know, there is something underlying trauma and it's a coping mechanism. It's just like one yeah. that's available and sometimes socially acceptable you know, so it's easily available. So now I understand what's going on with my father, what was going on um, with me as well. But um, that's what my heart breaks, because he did not have a community. He did not have that saving grace of some community who would look at him as a human being, because I had no respect for him. So how other people could respect him? He lost his job. He lost his family. He lost his dignity. So for you to say, I went this place and somebody greeted me like a normal human being and like care for me and love on me. We have this stigma. You actually talk about this in a form that um, that masculinity and have to have, you know, men have to have everything put together and all this stuff because my father did suffer with mental health challenges but it was so camouflaged by by the booze that nobody ever asked him um are you okay what's going on do you need help 
you know, they just treat him as an alcoholic. So can you talk yeah. how it feels? And then you found the accountability partner who without judgment actually accepted you. Like, how did it feel in that moment? Is it first time you experienced this, I don't know, acceptance? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it, was, it was about 10 years old uh, when I started. And when I say I started, like I started, like it became a regular activity uh, on the weekends primarily. And we would sneak out of the house and there was a, there was a stash in, in, a, in someone's house and, and we would, we would drink and it just became this, this escape. And I know for me, uh, it was an escape now that I understand that, now that I've gone through a lot of childhood trauma healing and I've been through therapy, I uh, went through the Celebrate Recovery program, I've been through Alcoholics Anonymous, I've been through the 12 steps. Um, and then through all that, I have then committed myself to daily uh, self-discovery and self-healing activities uh, through a number of different, different avenues. But there was a lot of shame. Um, there was a lot of untapped emotion that I didn't understand where it was coming from. And I, it, it was such an emotional time for me. And it still has its moments to where it is because I'm still going through the process after. It, it's like I had so much toxicity, uh, so much toxic energy stored up in my body. And I've been releasing it and deciding to quit alcohol was the first step to be able to do that. And there was this moment to where I've been sober for about a year and I went on a vacation with, with my family and my sons were, were with me and I just, I couldn't keep it together. I was like just losing it. And I didn't understand why everything was triggering me. Right. And I realized that I felt I was carrying a burden, a heavy burden of shame because the way that I um, treated my sons and I wasn't, a, I wasn't physically abusive or anything like that. I, I didn't call them names. I didn't do any of those things, but myself as a, as a, as a man, as the dad, I wasn't leading in a great example because I was upset and I was angry uh, and I didn't understand why. And so I would, I would, you know, I would project that outwards onto the family. And I was, I went, I, I had my sons there and, and, and we, we got back to the house. We were staying at Airbnb and I just felt like I needed to talk to each one of them individually. And so I talked to my son, my oldest son first, and I just, just about, broke down, you know, and, and for a father, for a 40 something year old man who has been conditioned to stuff his emotions his entire life and not show, you know, any, any weakness, right? Cause when men are showing, you know, emotions typically other than anger is considered weakness at some level in our society here in, in Western culture. And, but it was just he and I, and I was able to just be raw and honest. And I asked him, 
um, a little bit about the situation. And he said, Hey dad, you know, if I can be honest with you, um, you know, my brother and I, we, we've been scared of you for, for a while now. Uh, cause we didn't know how you were going to react and respond. And that just like broke my heart. And so then the next I chatted with my younger son and that was when I really lost it. And, and I just, for the first time ever, I really just held him and cried. And it was just like, it was so difficult. I, you know, I'm trying to just, yeah, I'm trying, I'm to, trying focus, to hold right? that. That's amazing. I'm trying to stay present so I don't lose it. Um, but it was, it was so necessary. And for them to see their father, to be real and honest and vulnerable and be able to, to apologize and, and be sincere and, and devote them, devote himself to improving himself and being a better father and being a better, you know, son and brother and uncle and cousin and coworker and boss and, and everything that you could imagine. Uh, it's been really great for them to see that journey and they, they've been excited about the things that I've been doing. Um, they're really excited to see the impact, the positive impact that their dad is making uh, for, for so many in many different ways. And it just, I knew I have to do this. I just knew I had to do whatever I could. And this has been tough. This has been really tough because I basically gave up um, a, a career that I've built for 17, 18 years. And I've owned a couple of businesses as well. And it's been tough. I've had to just start completely over in every single way you could possibly imagine. And, you know, luckily family, I've got family that cares about me and loves me and is supporting me to help me continue moving forward uh, because they believe in me and they believe in the message. And, and, and I want to break generational cycles and I, I want my sons to be different. And I told them, whatever you do, just stay away from any foreign substance that could alter your mind. Just, I don't, I don't, there's pros and cons for different things. I just, we're not going to get into that discussion, but I just said, just stay away from it and just stay clear headed because that's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Um, and so I want to live by example uh, for others. Absolutely. Wow. That's an amazing, yeah. I did reconcile with my father as well. And it was very um, beautiful, that vulnerability and um, reconciled relationship because drugs and booze, it's not defined us, you know, and that, and I'm so happy that your family stood by you. But honestly, guys, if you don't have a support of your family, there's people who are going to love on you. I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, you are not alone. Because uh, I reconcile with my father when I was already clean, married with my own family. So I went through that uh, walk without my family. But there's people, mm-hmm. there's church community, um, any programs that you enter, there's going to be people who wake you up and going to love on you honestly yes. like for me like they were loving on me more than my family ever did <laughs> and that's what this grace and love enabled me to stay clean stay on course 
and um, actually persevere because I've been drug addict, alcoholic for 20 years. And now I have these blessings of, of uh, family and, and love and peace. And that's the same as you. I just cannot control myself. I have to do this for others because there are so many people still in prison of the addiction. And you know what? Yeah. I don't want to say in my mind, I say, especially men. No, no, especially men. Men and women, yeah, we're yeah. all in the same boat. I really like to, Bradley, like you, talk about mental health and the awareness and how women actually can support men going through this difficult journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one thing I did not mention uh, earlier is that I, I have been married. Uh, I was, I was, we were together about 15 years, uh, married, I think nine out of those 15, uh, divorced for quite some time now and have a healthy relationship with my ex, which was important to me. Uh, I wanted to, again, be an example for my sons and, and luckily so did she. And so it, it wasn't a bad breakup from that perspective. Uh, it's always sad and, and all those things and it hurts. Yes. Um, but that number one has been wonderful because we have children together and us being uh, mature enough to put them first, set our own differences aside and be adults, so to speak. Um, what, you know, so many, let me take a step back. Relationships are so important and humans desire relationship. We need community. And if you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, whatever the situation is as a man, when you have a support system and you have someone in your life, uh, a, a woman in this case would be for me, as I did, it's really important for men and powerful for men because we, we tend to live a simple life and we, don't, we think we don't need much. But when we find someone who we connect with in a romantic partnership, it unlocks so much potential for us. And, and I do believe that we need companionship. We need each other. And the challenge is, is finding someone that you align with that will support you and that relationships are difficult, right? And for you to not understand who you are and enter into a relationship and project that outward onto the, your partner, is going to make it very difficult. And to understand who you are is a challenge, but you can build a life together, you know, in partnership. And so I think about, um, I've, I've dated a number of different women since I was divorced and they've been very supportive at certain levels, but I think my alcoholism, uh, made it difficult for them to, um, fully connect with me because I wasn't all fully emotionally there. And, I'm thinking about a few things that, that I talk to men about now, and most of them are in relationships. And what I see is consistently the, the woman in their life in these situations have left them or they're considering leaving them and they don't understand. Like I've poured my heart, my soul into this. I don't understand why this is happening and, and, and I'm, I'm lost and, now they're saying that they're suicidal and all these things because they don't know how they're going to live without her and all these things. And I'm, and I'm like, I understand where you're coming from because men 
we don't really know how to connect with our emotions and we don't know what to do uh, in these situations. And we think it's the end of the world. And meanwhile, the woman is a lot of cases moving on because she has already checked out, so to speak, in the relationship and it, it, it confuses the man. And I think the key is for a man in these situations is to understand that they've got to be vulnerable. They've, they need to show emotion. They need to talk to their partner. They can't be afraid to do those things. And what I'm seeing a lot also is that there's a lot of chatter on social media about men believing that the women are going to just leave them either way. And if they don't provide enough or they don't do X, Y, Z, the woman is just going to leave. And so they put up that wall. And when you put up that wall, what happens to her? She no longer feels safe. She can't let her feminine flow release and be her true authentic self. And then your polarities and to start to butt up against each other. And they, they basically, you know, boom, they're going backwards and, and creating some kind of an issue. And then, then everything goes south and then the arguments start and then all those things happen. And so the key thing is for the men, they need to understand what women are like in, in their emotional selves and their feminine femininity and that's the thing that men don't understand. And so th those are some of the things that I will dive deep into to help men understand is number one, who am I as a man? What are my core values? What do I desire out of life? Create some disciplined habits and be strong and be a leader. So then that woman in your life can then be safe be feminine and fully support you, fully open to be able to do that. It's very complicated as, as, as you understand being married and in a relationship and with, with three children. Uh, but that's the thing. And, and how do you, how do you get men to understand that if they're not willing to be open and vulnerable? Right. And so women, they can't give up on their man. They need to encourage their man to take risks um, you know, therapy, right? Uh, life coaching as, as basically is what I offer. I call it men's empowerment, men's mastermind, uh, coaching and help them understand that it's okay to be emotional and allow themselves to show that vulnerability. And it's okay to even shed a tear if you need to, especially in front of your, your, your significant other, you can't do that. You got to you got to figure out how to do that, because that's where the true bond and connection uh, comes together. Absolutely. Wow. That's a really great point. Another thing that I like to add to it, if we would see a mental health and uh, addiction as pain and have grace, it's not like I'm talking as a woman point of view, what I need as a wife. It's just grace. I know this is happening not to me. It's just happening. And what I have to be to support my husband and step back and take my own feelings and emotions out of it 
and accepts on being offended and angry and upset from his behavior, try to understand why this is happening to him and how can I support. And I actually have few situations in my marriage because it's been 16 years, definitely. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. If somebody say to me, I have a perfect marriage with no problems. When I just got married, maybe you could tell me that. But (laughs) now I'm like, I don't think so. You tell me you have a perfect children, the same thing. So I already have this experience. And it's tough. Sometimes by the grace of God, it's holding on just because we committed. You know, that's that's Mm. about it. Not because of him or me, but just committed to persevere. But I realize two people who has trauma cannot create perfect marriage. You know, you Mm. have to work (laughs) on yourself, first of all, and be aware. And that's why I'm thinking, man, that up that you have and and what you're teaching men to understand this is was a huge process for me and my husband but that's what helped them speed up that process to understand who i am how i can treat others what to do like with my with my um traumas too you cannot ignore that you have a trauma and doesn't matter if you have really something bad and traumatic happen neglect is a trauma too You know, like whatever happened to you in childhood and coming out as the negative emotions or behavior, you have a trauma. So you have to, you have to look into it, into yourself first. And that's what's really beautiful. You said, women gonna leave you. No, we are here to stay. And I, I love that you point that out because I do believe in the relationship when the woman enters a relationship, she wants that security, she wants love, she mm-hmm. wants the stability. We don't come into relationship just to like fool around and leave. I don't know, like anyway, so that's cool that you point that out. It is difficult to go through this, but to support other party, you look, what can I do to help? Instead of, I'm offended, you know, like, why are you talking to me? Or why are you raising your voice? Like I used in the beginning of our marriage, I used those phrases because my husband's work when when he's really intense on the phone. So he kind of coming home and he speaks with the same volume. I'm like, hey, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm talking (laughs) to you because I'm coming from the broken home when the father was Mm -hmm. speaking, raising voice. So I'm getting yeah. triggered that he's attacking me. And he's like, whoa, 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 everything's fine. Everything's okay. Yeah, but yeah. I'm already like scared what's going on. So we have to teach ourselves and each other and have this communication and understanding and learning about each other. And it takes time. I like how you said in the beginning that it's hard. Everything is hard and everything worth doing is hard. So Bradley, what was the most significant to you um, in this experience when you are sober and you're helping other men to get on another side? Is there a moment like, okay, I'm in the right place in the right time because it happened to me when I'm grateful for my past and it's very important that we speak to it because lots of people stuck in shame and regret and cannot move on from the past 
even yeah. if they, it's affecting the present and the future. Can you speak about that? Yeah. Um, so I want to give a shout out. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to to two different people. Um, so I was on a, I joined a Facebook group. Uh, it was a Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, if you've heard of him, uh, very positive messages, uh, wrote a couple books, crushing it and crushing and crushing it. And so I joined his Facebook group and I met someone in a comment section in the Facebook group and we just immediately connected and uh she's she's a she's a baker and i actually recommended her her to be on your show uh, i i interviewed her and can, her name is candy queen b baker and that's kind of her handle and she's an amazing person has an amazing story and we stayed in contact and i ended up having her on my show and it's it's probably my favorite episode even out of all the ones that i did with just myself um, it was just, it's a beautiful episode of her coming out of her, her story, her dark place in life, her journey. Uh, and then another gentleman, uh, named Jake Woodard, and he actually has coaching as well. There was a conference that he had back in January of this year and I attended, it was in Grapevine, Texas. And I had an opportunity to share with him in front of everybody, how grateful I was to him. And what I'm speaking of is that he has several hundred podcast episodes, but he does a lot of guided meditations. And I resonated with every single meditation that he ever created. And I've listened to practically every single one of his podcast episodes. And if it, I believe that if it was not for that being a part of my healing journey, um, I might not be where I am today. Um, I would in the evenings as I was going through my withdrawals and everything from, from alcohol, I would go out and I would walk just however long I felt like I needed to walk. And sometimes it was as much as 10 plus miles I would walk in the evening and I would have my earbud in just like I do now. And I would be listening to his guided meditations and there was a moment to where I was listening to one of his guided meditations. And it was a breaking the energetic cords that you are using to be attached to that person or that time in your life that was traumatic. And I've been working on this one specific thing over and over and over. And I could not cut that. Right. And he says, visualize yourself cutting, literally cutting with a pair of scissors or a knife or something, that cord and watching that person um, be surrounded by like something like angels and being lifted away and see they're going to a better place, right? And they're no longer in your life and you need to forgive them, but you also need to forgive yourself. And once I did that and I let go and I let the emotion associated with that, when I let that go, that was when it really became just so powerful for me. And I realized that it's okay to be a man with emotions. It's okay to be compassionate, to be empathetic as a man. It's okay to be different, be a different person 
type of man that our society traditionally conditions us to be. And it was in that moment. And I'm walking back the seven, eight, nine miles back to my apartment. And it was the most beautiful thing. I just felt so light and free. And even to this day, I haven't done it today, but I did yesterday and, and every day leading up. And I listened to his guided meditation, one specific guided meditation as a reminder and to just kind of flush out any extra stuff that I'm holding on to, maybe even from just the previous day. And it just, it's, it centers me. I'm aligned. I'm ready. I can fully focus. I can be present. And um, it's just so beautiful and powerful. And if I can help another man, even just one man to have that experience, they'll be able to have a brand new lease on life. And so that is what has continued to push me forward is that it felt so wonderful and so beautiful to be able to experience that. And, and I, I wish other men uh, that have been going through what I went through um, could also experience that. I love this phrase you say, brand new lease on life. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that that new life is going to be easy. Let me tell you, it has been tougher than I could have ever hoped for, or I didn't hope for, but that I could have ever imagined. And But it teaches you that you have to realize in your gratitude each day, I try to practice at least once a day, if not twice a day, in the morning and, then, and at nighttime. And it shows you that no matter what you've gone through, you made it through it. You're here. You have another opportunity. I always, always add to my list that I am grateful that I'm alive, have another opportunity, and I have breath to have the opportunity to impact positive change in the lives of others. And if that's not a beautiful way to live, I don't know what else is. And if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Or you know how that's saying? It's just, awesome. it's, it's no, so honestly, awesome. looking into your face, hearing what you're saying, hearing passion in your heart and in your voice, I could never even would tell that you've been alcoholic and you just four years clean. So as much as crazy heart it is, it's still not going to take you 20 years to recover, guys. As long yeah. as you're doing this every day, renewing your mind. And another cool thing that um, you touch on, go for a walk. You need to replace those habits. They're not going to disappear. You cannot yeah. ignore them. You cannot pretend that it doesn't exist. You already train yourself to be that way. So you need to train yourself to be different and walking it number one, when you move in your body, blood flowing, heart pumping, you know, meditation, it's like everything like at once happening, your mind renews, your body is moving and your body actually doing something because if it's not doing anything, it's one of drugs, been drinking all this stuff. But yes. <clears throat> I like you to speak a little bit more on this, making healthier choices self-care practicing that you use tell us your daily routine if it's if you open like yeah, with us yeah. because it's kind yeah, of practical absolutely. ways yeah. for someone to um, start yeah um i've got a number of podcast episodes which walk you through that uh, i have several videos that also demonstrate for you some of the practices so i try to make sure that i do a lot of different um 
avenues to provide that information to people. And again, from a from a man's perspective, from a middle-aged man who has never done any of these things before in his life until a few years ago, and I thought it was all just silly waste of time. I did not read. I did not do meditation. I did not do breath work. I did not do yoga. Uh, I did exercise, but it was more like lifting weights. I'm a man. I got to get, you know, big muscles and stuff. And I still do some of that, but it's different because that's, it's not about me, the way that I look, it's how I feel inside number one. And so how I'll start my day is I wake up and the very first thing that I do before I even go to the bathroom, because <laughs> we all got to go when we wake up in the morning, is I make my bed. And I watched a YouTube video of uh, some military guy giving a, a, a commencement speech or something like that to uh, UT Austin, I think it was. Some people may know what I'm talking about. And he said, make your bed. And they taught us that in the military. Right. And so it's your first win. It's your first accomplishment of the day. And when you get home, your bed's made and your room is more organized. Right. And so I make my bed. Uh, I've got my yoga mat actually right next to my bed. And before I do the, the stretching and things and breath work, I will drink as much water as I possibly can first. Uh, to help flush out the toxins. And then I'll get on the mat and I'll do my stretches, uh, the different poses. And I incorporate the breath work into that. And then actually incorporate uh, some push-ups as well to kind of get the blood flowing and stuff. And then I, you know, I do whatever I need to do to get myself ready after that. And then I'll go get my tea. I eliminated coffee as well, which was very difficult to do, but I'm completely coffee free now for I don't know, six months or something. And so now I just drink a little bit of green tea, uh, have my healthy breakfast. I don't eat like, you know, fruit loops or whatever it is, the unhealthy breakfasts. I don't eat stuff like that anymore. Um, and then I try to get outside pending the weather, right? So I try to get some sunlight and I'll walk barefoot and I'll do a, a guided meditation with my, my earbud in and I get myself ready. And if, uh, pending, if I do it in the morning and afternoon, I'll do journaling and I'll review my planner to make sure that I know what's going to happen for the day. And in that planner, I've got gratitude activities and, um, obviously, Hey, where am I at? What goals have I accomplished? Um, how did I do yesterday? Um, you know, who do I want to be today? Uh, who, how do I want to show up today and who do I want to give kindness to? I try to change it up each day. And then who do I want to connect with? And all of this is in a planner that I use. Um, so it's already built in and it's some habits that I've created over the last three or four years. And I tell you, thinking about how I used to live life, I absolutely despise having to get up in the morning. And I had a job that I enjoyed, but it didn't really matter. I didn't really think about it. And I just didn't want to get up. And so I was grouchy and grumpy in the morning. I, I, I can't survive without my coffee. And so I was had the coffee addiction. And maybe I'd grab a donut on the way out the door so I wasn't eating healthy. And then I'd be cranky when I got to the office. And maybe something happened in the traffic. And I got frustrated and upset and all these things. I don't do any of those things anymore. And this smile is genuine. <laughs> you know, it's just like you got to find the joy 
in every day and every moment as best as you can, no matter what happens, because man, it gets tough out there sometimes. So, so you live it intentionally, first of all, so not life happening to you, you making it happen. It's number one. Mm -hmm. But then when you're talking, I'm getting too excited. When you're talking about smile, I use so much drugs to pursue happiness. I never been as like happy as when I'm clean. When I'm opening my eyes and I'm thinking my body feels good, my mind feels good, I'm I feeling already pumped. Like I have like goosebumps <laughs> going over my body. No ever drugs give me that. And maybe the understanding that it's so fleeing and then I have to grind and hustle to get that high again and and it was so much darkness in it and so much pain and withdrawals and pain. It's terrible. But this time, even if I don't have anything important on my schedule, I still waking up thinking like, I'm awake and I'm alive yeah. and I'm well. And it's just like, whoa, you don't even understand. You're saying like, be grateful for your breath. And I'm like, it's, it's give us life. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we don't even um, give that attention to the fact that we're still moving. No matter what you went through, you still woke yeah. up today. So, yeah, that's why I want to point it out. But then I want to ask you this question. What advice would you give to someone who's still struggling with addiction, who's still just deciding that I cannot do this anymore, who's still thinking I'm going to die or I'm going to come out? I need to do something because I cannot do this anymore. What would you say to them? Yeah, actually, I get a lot of messages uh, similar to that. And I do talk to a number of people that uh, are in that place. And because I've been there, I understand where they're coming from. And I know how difficult it is. It is so difficult depending on uh, your circumstance. So what you got to do is you've got to pause. You've got to take a moment and reflect on where you're at. And there's a number of different key areas, right? And your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your financial health, your relational health, the very basic at the core. And obviously you're going to probably start with your mental health. And okay, I'm lost. I'm, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I have fear. I have doubt. I have shame. I have all those things. And I, it's uncontrollable. And, And why do I wake up every single day and have these thoughts? I don't know what to do. Well, that's where, if you change your environment, you change your physical self, you've changed the way that you feel about yourself, the way you look, it's going to make an impact on you and it's going to get everything moving forward. So the first thing that I would recommend is take a pause and find time to incorporate just simply walking. Even if you can just walk around the block at lunchtime, if you work from home or something, or if you're at the office and you're able to Eat eat for 15 minutes. You don't have to eat for very long, right? It doesn't take very long. And devote the rest of your lunchtime to just walking and getting some fresh air. And that'll give you some time to reflect. And as you do that, observe your thoughts. Don't react to them. Don't respond to them. Just observe your thoughts and, and recognize what your thoughts are like. And most likely, like most people, there are a lot of negativity and a lot of doubt and shame and fear and anxiety and worry and all those things. And once you understand that, 
you're like, wait a minute, I don't like this. I want to change this. And so as you change how you feel, your body, the way that you look, you start an exercise routine, you start eating healthier, and then your mindset shifts and it follows suit. It actually follows your body. And you would be amazed at how capable you are of doing so much and living life differently if you take ownership, if you take over the way that you think. And there's a book called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, which I would absolutely recommend that to anybody who is struggling with addiction because it teaches you the power of taking ownership of your thoughts and your mind and pushing yourself. And when you accomplish these things, you you build yourself up and you're like, wow, I can do this. This is amazing. I, I didn't even have any confidence in myself. And I, and I did these things and like pick something like, hey, I want to go do a 5K. Start simple. I want to go do a mud run. I want to go do, you know, whatever it is. And set that as your goal. Start your walking, start your hiking. Maybe if you start running, whatever that you need to do and just have a goal, something that's making you look better and feel better. And then everything is going to follow suit behind that and make these other things easier for you. And it's going to be difficult. Um, but that's where it began for me. And I have created that new lifestyle because I was disciplined to do it every single day, created the habit, which takes about 90 days to really make it to where it's automatic, to where you just do it no matter what you, you, your body craves that. And so when you create those activities in your life that your body naturally craves and they're healthier, you're going to start shifting in a healthier, more positive way in other parts of your life. And then you incorporate, hey, I got an earbud in while I'm walking. I'm going to listen to an audio book. I'm going to listen to the book Can't Hurt Me. I'm going to listen to whatever this book is. I can I can recommend dozens of books that I've read. Atomic Habits, you know. There's so many different ones. Uh, Untethered Soul, um, you, just, just a bunch of them. But the point is, is that you need to replace that old mindset, you need to replace those old activities with something better. And that's what I committed to do. YouTube videos, podcasts, uh, self-help books, uh, Celebrate Recovery, Alcoholics Anonymous, therapy, you name it. Do whatever it takes to get you to where you want to be. Do not quit. Do not give up on yourself and have a support system. If you don't think you have one, I can probably lead you in the right direction to find one in your area, whatever that may be and whatever is the best fit for you. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. That is fantastic advice. And yes, if we start with the small steps and create the momentum, that's where it all begins. But I want to say another thing just to add to that. If it's not going to be happening right away, have grace, have grace for yourself. Maybe one week it's going to be two times you're going to walk. Yay, yeah. it's so much like it's still two times more than last week. You mm -hmm. did something good for yourself. Maybe you skip one day coffee May and it's still going to be like, I want you to celebrate yourself, except then like yes. thinking negatively like, oh, you know what? It's not happening fast enough and all this stuff. 90 days. 
but it doesn't need to be so perfect for all these 90 days. Mm-hmm. As long as after 90 days, your mind gonna say, oh, look, I like walking. Oh, look, I feel better without coffee. Oh, that's awesome. I'm doing something mm-hmm. great. So it's gonna create this positive feedback in your mind. And yeah, that's <clears throat> what it is. Just keep doing it. One week, it's going to yeah. be like five, another seven, another time two. Just take it as it is. It's a journey. It's a process. It's yes. not, you're not running. Like there is no due date for your healing. You have a life ahead of you. You know, like you just changing one step at a time. Don't stress. Don't, don't think that everything have to happen right now and fast. Look how long time it took you to get in where you are now so honestly mm-hmm. even if you think that's how much you take you it's not gonna take that much but you can get healthy if you need look into your mental health listen and be aware of your triggers but it's gonna come little by little you're gonna learn about yourself like bradley said you're gonna meet yourself you're gonna be aware of what you're doing how you're doing why you're doing it and you're gonna address them later on don't be hurry. <laughs> yes, don't uh, hurry. And I like what you said. Thank you for that, for pointing that out. Yeah, you absolutely need to celebrate. Uh, I, I use this app called Fabulous, and I would highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's initially free, but it does have an annual cost. It's very inexpensive. And it's a daily habit builder. And it's an encouragement. It's got uh, exercise and meditation built in and other things. It's got uh, twice a day uh, messages that it uh, reads to you and it's, it's beautiful. And it's one of the things that has, has helped me keep moving forward uh, in, in this, in this journey. And it reminds you to celebrate and it pops up and it, it gives you says, okay, now celebrate whatever that's going to be. And it's okay to celebrate and have a scoop of ice cream. It's okay to celebrate. Like you said, and go get your Starbucks coffee one day. It's okay to do those things. And don't forget, to be who you were when you were a child celebrate laugh dance be goofy if you need to do this alone because you're too embarrassed in front of others that's fine do it in your room but just do whatever you need to do to loosen up and to dance and to move and to just try to enjoy life no matter what's happening yeah i meant to that So before I let you go, Bradley, I would like to ask you my signature question. (laughs) What does love and to be loved means to you? Hmm, love and be loved. Um, Well, number one, and I learned this over these last few years, is you got to love yourself. And if you struggle with that, then that's something that you know you need to work on. And if you are a people pleaser, like I was previously before I understood boundaries and things like that, you got to understand that that other person needs you to be your best self. And they don't need you to be fully dependent upon them for your happiness because that's an unhealthy attachment. And if they were to leave or something was to happen to them, God forbid, what are you going to do then? You're going to be destroyed and you've got to be able to be on your own. You got to be able to um, love yourself and have your own, your own happiness in of, 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 of yourself. And so love yourself first in order for others to fully be able to love you and for you able to love them as well. So that's love and be loved in my take. 
That's awesome. Thank you. Any final thoughts, Bradley? Uh, again, I just want to say if there's any man uh, that is watching or if, as, if you know a man in your life who could use my program, uh, they're absolutely welcome to download the, the smartphone app. It's on changethroughpain.com and you'll see the link right on the homepage and there's the men's coaching and there's a humble man men's group if you want to join that a group of men that are going through the same similar journey. Um, and so all those things are out there for you. I've worked hard to create those and, and provide those to help you uh, become a, a better version of yourself, if not the best version of yourself. So thank you. That's awesome. I'm, I really appreciate that. And guys, take him up on this offer, honestly, <laughs> uh, on the offer, on the app, go search everything, honestly, because there's so many people. I'm not saying guys, but but guys, this is for you today. But so many people struggling, don't know where to take that next step, what to do. I hope and pray you, I don't know, stumble on this message or research this or actually hear this. And I hope and pray you hear this literally and just be humble, like Bradley said, because pride stopping us. Um, you know, pride and shame too, you know, stopping us from taking those actions. But I want to tell you, your life is valuable and you are significant. So please love yourself. Take this chance on yourself. Reach out to Bradley, go on his app, take this program, um, hook up with the man who is in, going through the same journey. You're going to see that you're not alone. Honestly, there's people who is struggling, some, somebody um, already a little bit um, further than you, you know, and recovering and stuff, somebody behind you. So don't judge yourself. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Your journey is your own. Just take the first step. Ask for help and be humble. So thank you so much, Bradley, for being our guest today. You provided so much insight. I I feel it in my heart. It's going to change people's lives. We really appreciate you sharing with us today your story and everything you're doing for your community and the world. And our special guest today is Bradley Wendling. And Bradley is Change Through Pain, Men's Coach. Change Through Pain. Uh, Yes, Change Through Pain. And I love that you're saying that because nothing, nothing is easy, but it's so worth doing, honestly, guys. And we talk about uh, men's mental health and available options and support and how women can support men and um, how we can make healthier choices. Again, don't hesitate to reach out to Bradley. Uh, I will post links to everything that was mentioned in this episode in the show notes. And stay tuned for another edition of Love and Beloved. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Bradley. I'm so grateful for you and your time. Thank you. Take care. And remember, you are never alone. You are loved. You are God's treasure, precious and priceless to Him. Thank you for listening to Love and Beloved. If you have any questions about what you heard today, visit loveandbeloved.com. It's love and the letter B with no E, loved.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the show. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to connect, we would love to hear from you. So send a quick note to linasabula at gmail.com. Stay healthy, stay safe, love, and be loved.